0: Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage ideas on what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. hey what's going on everybody uh dr philip fletcher here with a weekend edition saturday edition of uh, the humanity matters weekly um thank you for joining me if you're chiming in live uh or you're gonna catch the recording here on facebook live or youtube or on my podcast this will be released in the audio later this week as always you can Catch up with me on all the different social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, uh, over on YouTube. Please subscribe as well as my uh, website, philipfletcher.org. I'm always looking for Patreon uh, supporters. Jump over to Patreon. Love uh, the support uh, and continual uh, encouraging emails uh, and not so encouraging either way. I appreciate y'all joining me. I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, So NBC News uh, had a segment on uh, terror warnings as it related to the upcoming 20th anniversary of 9-11. Now, obviously, uh, 9-11 is going to be in a lot of discussions. Well, uh, United States military is pulling out out of, of Afghanistan And if you have not been following the news, the Taliban has uh, come back with a fierce vengeance and uh, they have almost complete control of the country. Again, with the exception of uh, the capital, uh, Kabul and sad after 20 years, trillion dollars spent, brothers that individuals I've trained with, known some hurt, some have lost their lives. And pulling out, you know, it is what it is. Uh, It's sad. Uh, President Joe Biden is sending back 5,000 troops to um, get the remaining uh, U.S. citizens who have been working and serving there, as well as those Afghans who have helped those individuals there. But let's not forget that the reason that we went in there uh, under President George Bush's presidency was regarding terrorism terrorism that uh there was a the taliban who gave aid and comfort to osama bin laden uh under president obama's presidency uh president excuse me uh osama bin laden uh was captured and killed um job done right but uh as usual, United States was continuing on in nation building and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to talk about it or, or make judgments on that. I have my thoughts on that. But nonetheless, it was all in the context of terrorism. And out of that, not only did we go to Afghanistan, but we went to Iraq as well to deal with uh, Saddam Hussein. I was part of that. Or Operation Iraqi Freedom 3, uh, the global war on terror, right? I was one of those. Uh, combat officers went into the Middle East we were there to fight and defeat terrorism terrorism right um, all hell soldiers who served in those in those wars the last 20 years all hell these soldiers whom we should stand up for and you know, give discounts to and make sure that they are not homeless and make sure that they have the appropriate medical care, so on and so forth, right? Because those American citizens who went over in the last 20 years, we were over there because the United States government said under Bush, under Obama, under Trump, and even under Biden, that we were fighting to defeat terrorism. Terrorism, you know, individuals that strapped bombs to themselves and blew up people in buildings, individuals that took VBIDs, vehicle-borne improved explosive devices, and people who took IEDs and put them under the ground and in animals and in boxes and blew up things, you know, terrorists who flew planes into buildings and terrorists who blew up the USS Cole, you know, terrorist, right? Terrorist, right? So NBC News reported this. And and before I get there, my question becomes this. At what point does the government go too far and they say things that are too far? At what point do do they go too far? And my second question is this, is that when will enough people say that they're going too far? At what point do you say that your government is gone, has gone too far? At what point do you say that? What point? Like, for real, at what point do we say that as a national body of citizens who live here in the United States of America? At what point? Or do we just go hook, line, and sinker? Do we just go lockstep, following the Pied Piper as the Pied Piper is playing the whistle and we just follow along? At what point do we say, no, I think we're headed the wrong direction. At what point do we say, No, I don't like the song that the Pied Piper is playing. At what point do we say that the emperor has no clothes? Why do I say that? Why do I say that in the context opening up about uh, this 20-year fight against terrorism, the global war on terrorism? Well, this is what NBC reported. And I'm playing
1: this to terrorism advisory is not based on any actual threats or plots, but it says there's a rise in anti-government rhetoric. Some of it is opposition to COVID public health rules like mask and vaccine measures. Some calls for violent action are based on claims of election fraud or a belief that Donald Trump can be reinstated. And DHS says the coming 20th anniversary of the nine 11 attacks and religious holidays later this year could be catalysts for violence. Well, DHS. So. This is done under the context, the carry-on
0: says, a national terrorism alert ahead of the 20th anniversary of 9-11. That's the what's called the carry-on, the thing that's on the bottom, right? So everything within that segment is talking about terrorism and the potentiality of a terroristic attack because of these particular variables and they lay out three. All right. But the, the commentator, I forget his name at the time. I've seen him before. He says this is not based off of no threats it's not based off of any plots. Right. So they have no actionable intelligence. That's what that is called. They have no actionable intelligence. The department of Homeland security who came up during when? Yes as a result of what happened in 9-11. But either way, this news report and what he is saying and what they're communicating, it's not based off of any actionable intelligence, no threats, no plots. But what he says is based off of, the first one is anti-government rhetoric. Rhetoric, rhetoric, rhetoric. That's what I'm doing right now. Rhetoric, rhetoric. Words that are being spoken. Ideas that are being communicated, arguments that are being made, information that is being put out. The only basis that the DHS has and this individual is reporting and that NBC News allowed to be broadcast nationwide and then obviously on their Internet is based off of the fact that it's anti-government rhetoric. And so because it's anti-government rhetoric in relationship to what? COVID measures. Because there are people out there who have ideas, who have thoughts, who have arguments, who have, if you would, heterodox ideas regarding COVID measures, specifically closures, lockdowns, masks, and obviously the vaccine, that is being characterized as anti-government rhetoric. And as such, even though there's no threats, no actionable intelligence, there are no plots, right? That is considered to be at the top of the list in this larger context of a national terror warning leading up to the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So, like, I I need y'all to understand something. I'm going to go a little bit personal here, and then I'm going to get global again, right? Again, you, you paid for me to be trained as a United States officer, combat arms officer. And when I graduated from OCS, I went to the DMZ for 13 months, came back, and then went to Iraq to fight terrorism. The goal was to kill terrorists, capture and kill terrorists, and then do this whole thing about helping Iraq get established with democracy because that would be one of the great solutions to the Middle East by establishing democracy, but make no moans about it. The reason that we were there and the understanding that the majority of people have, at least in the last 20 years, is that the military, it was meant to go over there to fight and win the nation's wars to defeat utterly decisively terrorists. Now that term has been turned back on American citizens. How one, because we have a difference of opinion regarding COVID measures, that there are United States citizens out there who have a different idea, a different approach on how to deal with COVID. And because those individuals have different ideas, different approaches, Regarding COVID, and if you were to say anything about that verbally, posted on social media, all right, even have those discussions going to your school board meetings, your city council meetings, or down to your state legislatures, the Department of Homeland Security is now viewing that as a potential, poss- a potential hotbed for. Terroristic violence. I didn't say that. DHS said that. The Department of Homeland Security, what you pay for. It's not based off of any actionable intelligence, no plots, no threats, but it's based off of anti government rhetoric. So then what is implied is this, right? If you Say what the government says, what President Joe Biden says and his administration. If you say and what the CDC puts out and what you do is in line with what the CDC puts out, then you're not anti-government and you're not in that category of the potentiality of the the possibility of a terroristic activity. But if you say something that is counter to the Biden administration, counter to the CDC, if you do things that are counter to those two institutions, you are considered, considered by implication, by implication, are you not considered the T word? You don't believe me? Because I want you to hear it one more time and then we'll get to the comments. Here's the video again. Because I want you to hear him say it, not just the the picture. Because I put the picture up earlier today on Facebook. Some people was like, well, that's not what they said. Well, this is what they reported. People are not going to go read all these thick pages of things. They're going to hear what was posted, and they're going to run with it. So let's hear from the horse's mouth. Again.
1: This new terrorism advisory is not based on any actual threats or plots, but it says there's a rise in anti-government rhetoric. Some of it is opposition to COVID public health rules like mask and vaccine measures. Some calls for violent action are based on claims of election fraud or a belief that Donald Trump can be reinstated. And DHS says the coming 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks and religious holidays later this year could be catalysts for violence. Well, DHS. So, catalysts? For violence.
0: COVID measures, anti-government rhetoric regarding the COVID measures could be a catalyst for terroristic violence. Second, I don't know how many people actually believe this that President Donald Trump can be reinstated, right? The, my pillow guy, I don't know what he's smoking, whatever, but we common sense knows that the president, of, uh, the former president of the United States is not going to be reinstated. Not yesterday, not October 13th, not November 13th, he's going to have to get back in line again and run again, right? And then finally, right, which this last one I could have understood because of the symbolism that there's a potentiality of terroristic violence in response to 9-11, right? 20-year anniversary, it would be symbolic. So I could possibly understand that one, right? The second one, absurd. The first one, that's the one I want to pay attention to. And so I ask you again, at what point will you say that the government has gone too far? I don't care whether you're a pro-vaxxer or anti-vaxxer. I don't care whether you're pro-mask or anti-mask. I don't care whether you're pro-lockdown or anti-lockdown. The question becomes this, at what point... Will you say that your government has gone too far? At what point will you say that the president, the current president has gone too far? President Trump caught a lot of energy in everything that he was doing, right? Where's all that energy for Joe Biden? Because a buck stops with him. Let's get to some of the comments. go right, easy. How are you doing? Hey, yes, I'm, I'm trying to keep it calm, trying to keep it calm, Cole, trying to keep it calm. All right. Uh, it's based off a disagreeing current government. Like, we have to agree with everything they say. That's going too far. Nicole, interesting, fighting to build democracy in another nation while restricting it in our own The point. Ashley, I am not a terrorist. Yes. Agree. All right. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't. So here, here, the other thing I was thinking when I was uh, getting ready, right? Fascism. Fascism. The government (laughs) does not have to take over the means of industry production. But what it can do is lean heavily on those private industries to get them to do to us what government is not going to do. And so there's this marriage that happens between government in private business. So step back for a second. Obviously, right now, the government cannot mandate, for example, vaccinations. But what they can do is through the bully pulpit, that's what the president has, Leveraging the fact that many of them receive federal contracts, whether these are schools, universities, businesses, they can lean on these institutions. And as you can see, these institutions are making it mandatory. And thus, individuals now are having to choose between taking a procedure which they may not be comfortable with or for some other reason in principle are not wanting to take or they have to give up their livelihood. One of the things I posted yesterday is that every decision has trade-offs. I want y'all to remember that. Every decision has trade-offs. There are positive and there are negative trade-offs, but those trade-offs typically do not appear till further down the road. This is just a principle of life. So, as you are thinking through whatever it is that you need to do regarding that particular uh procedure, Just understand that there are trade-offs, positive and negative trade-offs. And so the question becomes having the courage to make that decision and having the courage also to face the positive as well as the negative trade-offs. So people ask, how did that happen in Germany? All that stuff that happened. I just like to call it, it was a death by a thousand cuts. It just was. And so that regime did not have to function like their neighbors, Stalin. They simply leaned on the industries. And that is what we are, is happening Today. And so all of that energy last year spent calling President Donald Trump a fascist. What would you call this? When your own government is leaning on private institutions and businesses and s- essentially having them do the dirty work. So since they could not hit their 70% threshold back in July. On July, prior to July 4th, let's lean on private institutions. The second thing is this. In terms of what NBC reported regarding what DHS put out regarding this being anti-government rhetoric because COVID measures are being critiqued. Let me continue to be the first to go on and say I will continue to critique these measures. The United States government, your state government, your county government, nor your local government. All of them are fallible. All of them. Lack complete knowledge of every citizen's situation and they lack the ability to understand, to ascertain and to understand as to why an individual chooses what he or she needs to do for he or she's particular life. Your city government your county government, your state government, your federal government, they are fallible. They lack complete knowledge. Thus, I had a discussion with somebody today and in that discussion about what's going on in New York City and San Francisco and now New Orleans about Uh, mandating vaccines in order to enter restaurants, in order to enter bars, in order to enter gyms, right? And this discussion came down to the categorization of what was a necessity versus what was a privilege, right? That consideration of what is a necessity versus what is a privilege, again, comes down to the individual. If I may, I cannot afford an assault bike, a rower, and gym equipment. It's just not my purview. I don't have the finances to purchase all of those things to do, the fitness things that I want to do. So what I did was I went down to a gym and I paid a membership of X amount of dollars and I entered into a contract with that individual, so that I could take care of my physical health needs. So the question becomes is that a privilege or a necessity? My answer to that is this that's for me to determine. Because for me, it is both a privilege to be able to do that, but it's also a necessity. Why? Because I can afford all of that equipment. I can't afford to take out a loan. So I enter into an agreement with a gym and say, hey, I have a necessity and you're able to meet that necessity. So I'm going to enter into that need. I cannot determine for you what is a privilege or a necessity. Ergo, a restaurant and a grocery store are essentially no different. In both places, I go into that place, restaurant or a grocery store, and I pay some money to get some food. In one case, somebody cooks it for me. In another case, I cook it, I take it home, I cook it, or somebody cooks it for me. Again, if I'm going to that restaurant, it could be out of necessity because. I'm just hungry at that moment and it's too far for me to go home to get that food or because some time constraints, I can't cook that food. So that owner affords me the privilege to go into his or her restaurant to meet my need in the same vein, a grocery store, does the same thing. But at the end of the day, each individual, whether they're going into that restaurant or whether they're going into that uh, grocery store, you do not know whether they are meeting a need or that's some type of privilege. You don't have all the information. So I've asked myself, why is the government, the the city government of New York, the city government of San Francisco, the city government of New Orleans, why are they actively discriminating against restaurants only, bars only, and gyms only? And furthermore, the studies have shown since everybody wants to keep saying follow the science, follow the science, the majority of the people that have been impacted, a commonality, because of COVID has been through obesity so why in the hell would you cut off gyms if you understand that health is a a, a poor health lack of exercise is a contributing factor to people catching this why would you make it harder for people to go into gyms yes they can walk Yes, they can run if they want to, but if they need to use weights, if they need to do different types of activity to activate different types of muscles, I saw a lot of people because I probably used the H word. I'm sorry, but I'm hot. Sometimes you got to use a little bit of profanity. Reemphasize your point. It's okay. All right. Some comments. Thank you, Ashley. Sean, I guess you heard about local hospitals mandating employees, contractors and vendors to vaccinate. Yes, uh, I was talking to Nicole about that. I know uh, hospital St. Vincent, I believe in Little Rock um, is making that mandatory. And I asked how that's going to affect her or her her work that she's got to do helping uh, women give birth. Again, there's offs, decisions that people got to make. And these trade-offs impact every area of people's lives. It does. Uh, But the government does twist the arm of big business to mandate it. I I agree with you, Mike. I do. Amber, a business owner can mandate what happens within their establishment, but the government cannot mandate it. Yes. So every private business, they can do what they want to do. But for the government to come in, and now I hear other people about to say, what about health things and everything like that? Honestly, in an ideal world, the free market would take care of that. I'm not going to know, cru- well, I'll take that back. Some of the best restaurants are don't look the cleanest. Just saying. But again, that's a personal decision I'm making. I know some of the, growing up in California, some of the best food I got was in some of the places that didn't look the cleanest. And some of the worst food I got was in some of the places that looked the cleanest and had an A rating on them. But nonetheless, businesses, they put out a good product, obviously. The prices are reasonable. They give good customer service. I promise you, those businesses are going to stay in operation. But this is what I learned about the civil rights movement. Discrimination is costly. And it was been shown that those that discriminate, right, lose business. Whereas those who welcome whomever continue to thrive. But what we've got right now is that city governments like New York City, city governments like San Francisco, city governments like New Orleans are choosing to discriminate against Business owners. If you don't understand like how restaurants work, restaurants th- their margin is like whew, bars, <laughs> like okay, we're yeah, I got it. So as I'm watching New York City, as I'm watching it hit the other end of the coast, San Francisco, then it hit New Orleans. What will be the next major city? Will it be a Chicago? That's the next major city. And then from there, what, if you will, second tier cities belong beneath the New Orleans, San Francisco, Chicago's, the Los Angeleses. Who's next? Is it a Little Rock? Tyson's already done something. They're in Northwest Arkansas. But again, according to the Department of Health, excuse me, uh, Department of Homeland Security, what I am talking about today—this anti-government rhetoric regarding COVID measures—to them, this could be considered a catalyst to violence. Now, I don't want y'all to be violent. That don't do that. The most persuasive arguments. The most compelling movements do not need violence. They don't need threats of intimidation. They don't need to isolate people, keep people from things. The most compelling ideas, the most compelling movements move people in a courageous, passionate, humble manner for the sake, I believe, of human flourishing. I firmly believe, and hear me when I say this so I can be clear as water, this government right now and how it is acting is working against human flourishing. It is working against human flourishing. And so just like I laid at the feet Of Donald Trump the last four years, the conduct of his leadership and things that were going on in our nation, I led at the feet of President Joe Biden as well. This is you. The buck stops with you. You chose to run for president. You chose to raise your right hand. You chose to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And if now the measure of the catalyst of terrorism is the fact that your administration and your government or any level of government is being critiqued, sir, you have gone too far. And I say that for the sake of my family. I say that for the sake of the people that I work with and seek to serve on a daily basis. You, sir, President Joe Biden, have gone too far. I'm not going to disrespect you and say things like you're a Manchurian candidate or nothing like that. No, sir, it's your face, it's your signature. You sit in that Oval Office. You chose to be the, you chose freely to accept that responsibility as President of the United States. Without compulsion or coercion, right? I believe it's part of the oath. So this is at your feet. So, sir, I reject every notion that your administration put out because the Department of Homeland Security is part of your administration. I reject categorically that my critique of any measure or of anything that comes out of your government as being a catalyst for terroristic activity. I defy you. Sir, you have no clothes. You are coming out there and you have... No clothes. It's not the emperor who has no clothes. The president has no clothes. Sir, you had the opportunity because you talked about unity. President Joe Biden, you had the opportunity to really do something to help this nation through this pandemic and everything else but instead what you have chosen to do is to continue the work of your predecessor by continuing to advance division between american citizens you took up that baton he passed it to you And you have continued on with it by disrespecting the intelligence of people who differ than who look at this differently than you by placing the blame squarely on one group of people because they have chosen not your measures, even though it's continually showing that (laughs) people get sick anyway, sir, do better. Lead better. Leadership is about influence. Provide true purpose. Provide true direction. And provide a motivation that is not rooted in shame and condemnation and division, but provide a motivation that brings the maximum amount of people together to do something in and on the foundation of freedom. So, why am I hot? I'm going to show this one more time. You do with it what you will.
1: This new terrorism advisory is not based on any actual threats or plots, but it says there's a rise in anti-government rhetoric. Some of it is opposition to COVID public health rules like mask and vaccine measures. Some calls for violent action are based on claims of election fraud or a belief that Donald Trump can be reinstated. And DHS says the coming 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks and religious holidays later this year could be catalysts for violence. Well, DHS.
0: So, ladies and gentlemen, whether you live in Arkansas, West Coast, wherever. This is what I'll say to you. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid of division. The second thing is this. Is remember, you don't know everything. You don't know everything about why your neighbor chooses the particular things that he or she chooses. You don't know everything as to why your neighbor or the person you work with or go to school with or worship with. Why they are choosing to do whatever it is they do. What you can do. Is support their freedom to do so. And if you have a conversation with them in regards to something that is quote unquote divisive, that both of you, as you are sitting down, that you take the opportunity to be educated. that you take the opportunity to do some self-reflection, that you take the opportunity to sit down with one another, remembering that each one of you are human beings made in the image and likeness of God. And that you listen to one another sympathetically. And then you continue to move on. So thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, This will be up in podcast if you just want to hear me yell uh, while you're walking or going to your gym or whatever. Uh, Again, thank you for joining me catch me on my social media stuff. I'll be back uh, tomorrow night for a regular show. Um, Be talking about Oregon. Apparently, they have (laughs) removed all academic standards to help the black kids and the brown kids because we just ain't smart enough to graduate from high school, apparently. And then we're going to talk about a judge who mandated that a a a young man in his court that he had to get the vaccine a judge (laughs) yeah and we'll talk about some other things as well so y'all remember to be love to be kind to be generous if we remember to live in hope we can do the impossible take care god bless hey if you found something of value subscribe to the youtube channel find us on facebook at dr philip fletcher Find us on Twitter, at Philip Fletcher. And as always, visit us on the website, philipfletcher.org.